Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's just start talking about offense, who they should go after. And again, I will say that the Packers haven't drafted an offensive lineman in the first round since 2011. However, if the Packers do want to trade up into that 15, 20 range, maybe maybe this guy drops as well. Very, very possible. I would be so fucking happy if the Packers drafted Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Trevor talked about the draft profiles. You can go to 40sports.org to look at Tevin Jenkins. I don't know. Who stole this guy's milk and cookies when he was a kid? But this guy is fucking pissed off 24-7, and he buries people. He just absolutely kills people whistle to whistle, and I love it. The way this guy plays, he's just a nasty old-school offensive lineman, which I love. But he is he plays offensive tackle. He plays exactly like an offensive guard in a tackle's body. So... I think he has that versatility that the Packers like. I think he could really easily convert to a guard, which makes me like him even more. Being a 6'6 guard, have the Jenkins duo at guard and guard. I think it would be nasty. I think like just doubling with either Patrick or running in whoever's playing center, it doesn't really matter. Like they, Whoever they're doubling on up to backer, they're going to be buried in the dirt immediately. And then... Both of them are going to release up the backer, and it's going to be a house call for Aaron Jones every fucking time. Like, this guy is so damn good. And his only knock, from my point of view, is that he could get beat by these speed rushers. Like, his footwork's not amazing. But again, if you hide him on the inside at guard, it doesn't matter. So that would be an unbelievable pick. That would be a pick that could elevate this group to the best offensive line group in the league by far when Bakhtiari comes back. And geez, like it doesn't matter who the Packers have at running back. But like I said on Twitter, if you have Tevin Jenkins running and just absolutely like snapping necks out there with AJ Dillon running behind them, defensive coordinators are going to be shitting their pants in first quarter. And like when it comes down to like January and Lambeau, no one's going to want to come. And it doesn't throw Jordan Love in there. It doesn't matter. Like Packers are going to kill people. Here's here's the big problem with that. This, first of all, it makes too much sense. So it's not going to happen. Already write it off. Second of all, you know what this is? Because nobody's talking about them. This is a stereotypical, either the Patriots are going to trade up to get them or Tom Brady's going to get his ass. Everybody's going to pass this guy because nobody's talking on him because he's a monster and he played in the, you know, he played for Oklahoma State, played in the Big 12, where they don't believe in any defense at all. Um, this just seems like one of those guys that falls. Everybody at the draft goes, why the hell did he fall? And like within it, three weeks, people are like, why the hell did this happen? People are like, Tom Brady's the GOAT. It's like, no, look at the teams that pass on these dudes all the damn time. Yeah, He's going to go to Tampa Bay or the Patriots. It's, it's basically a lock. 
So, Zach, while I agree with everything you said, um, I'll take Trevor's role on this one and play devil's advocate here. Um, if they do end up hiding him on the inside, like you mentioned, does that worry you about, worry you for tackle? No, I think Billy Turner is better at tackle. I think he's more of a natural tackle, even though his footwork is absolutely atrocious. It's like his legs fall asleep and his upper body is like flailing a little bit. But I think he is better at right tackle. And honestly, if we go Bakhtiari, uh, Jenkins, uh, Patrick, Jenkins, and Taylor, I think that's super solid. And, I mean, fuck, sign Lane Taylor back to a vet minimum to be another versatile guy to back up all of them. I think this line doesn't miss a beat. And then put in in Bakhtiari, too, when he comes back. Holy shit. Right, right. And Runyon, I think, is actually – he's for sure good enough to be a backup. I think he could grow into a pretty decent interior offensive lineman. I think this could be the best position group on the team easily. Not as saying much, I guess, but yeah, still. I don't know, Zach. Point. Um, they, they signed a long snapper for a reason. Long snapper might be the number <laughs> one position group right now. Honestly, I can't wait. Let's day one, two, three, and four of camp. I just want to see snap offs. I don't even want to see the guys kick just 40, 50 yard long snaps. I want to see that tight spiral go the length of the field. It doesn't make sense. It's not needed, but I just I need to see it. I think the funniest thing that could happen this draft, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing, which usually you talk about the funniest thing and you're like, what's the worst thing that could happen? The funniest thing could be that the Packers pull something out of their ass, trade up and take Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Like they do nothing. They trade up and they get a tight end. Granted, he is a he is a freak. But can you imagine this team trades up? They're like, holy shit, where are the Packers going to snipe? And they just draft a tight end. They're just like, fuck it, put it. And then they put him like behind Sternberger on the depth chart or something. Tell me, I, I couldn't even be mad anymore. Honestly, I'd give Gutekunst an extension for that, just because it would be <laughs> such a beautiful troll. <sighs> I. I would be so angry. Kyle Pitts of all people, too. I love that everyone's super high in Kyle Pitts. That's fine. Uh, I think Washington just signed a guy who's just as good as Kyle Pitts, essentially, and he hasn't played football before. I think Kyle Pitts is okay. I don't know. That is a very Packers move. And to both your point, I don't think they're going to draft Tevin Jenkins. It makes a lot of sense, but, yeah, not going to happen. I think that with a um, seventh-round pick, the Packers should go after uh, Coffee Cockburn, basketball player from Illinois. Might as well take a flyer on him. Basketball doesn't work. He's a pretty big guy who can play. Seems like he can play tight end. Uh, actually, I know someone better if I remember his name in a second. Here, what's his name? The big guy from uh, uh, Loyola who always has a harmonica at parties. Cameron Crutwig. Cameron Crutwig. Crutwig. Let's sign him for anything. I don't care. Like, let's draft him. We just need him for a locker room guy. I think the worst thing, we need to talk about this, man. Kofi, everybody says his name is Coburn. Okay, bullshit. There is no way your name is spelled like that, and two of those letters are silent. That is bullshit. That is the media just does not want to say it. Dude's name is Cockburn, and he needs to live with it because no matter what bullshit he tells people, it is not how you pronounce his last name. It's not how names work. Okay, just take out the two letters if it's not pronounced like that. Damn. Illinois, Illinois has been doing that bullshit for too long. 
Quit saying that you're S and silent as well. Like, you guys don't know how to read. Fuck off. <laughs> that pissed me off so much. I was like, dude, I love Illinois. And then they're like, Kofi Coburn. I'm like, no, 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 no. We are not playing this game. I want Kofi Cockburn on the court, not Coburn. Here I am screaming at my TV during the NCAA tournament. His name is fucking Cockburn. <laughs> oh, God. This is why we need to be doing some like play by play, like color stuff exactly. along with games. We should and do then, that next year. And then anytime he like dunks, say, feel the burn, you know, <laughs> something like that. Hey, if NCAA, if you're listening, we'll do it for free. Don't Ooh. even need to pay us. And, and you know what? You can do is for the NCAA basketball game so that like you can be like, hey, look, that was a trial run. Okay. We just needed something fresh. And then he can just cut us. But you know what? We'll be fine with it. We'll be fine with that. Put us in some conference that nobody cares about that's not televised. It's just a Pac-12. radio station. Pac-12 works for me. Pac-12 sucks. If we could do it with Bill Walton, though, I think that could be more fun. And I bet we don't talk about basketball for a second. It could be great. Yeah. It, you know, the game would be like you put our commentary with Bill Walton and you turn the video off and you're like, okay, what sport are they commentating? Like the first one to guess it, like gets a prize. Bill Walton's a gem. Uh, I, like the one thing that I always go back to is I remember him commentating a Houston Rockets game when Yao Ming was there, and he went on like a ten minute rant about like how much rice China exports in a year. Like this is slightly racist, and but I'm learning a lot actually. So this is kind of educational. Like if you listen to him, you learn. You learn things. Yeah. I don't think he's right, but he always knows he's he's confident, so I believe him. Like he's that crazy ass teacher. Like every high school has one. It's just absolutely nuts. And everybody's like, "This dude's crazy." And then you leave, and you're like, "Wait a second, hold on this this dude he he had some stuff figured out, you know?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like one one every like five things, you're like, "Huh?" That was actually weirdly deep. Not that I think he meant it, but, you know. Anyway, NFL draft. Uh, after the Packers pass on offensive line the first round, I, I just want to fit this in because I bring him up every show. Alex Leatherwood continues to sit as, like, a second-round draft projection guy. If the Packers draft Alex Leatherwood in the second round, I will lose my mind. Uh, it, it'll just be great. Like He is a first-round talent by far going in the second round. He is an amazing run-blocking tackle, played at Alabama and pro offense. Like, There's not much to say about Alex Leatherwood. He probably should be going in the 20s, and he's going in like the 60s, 70s, probably. Yeah, I agree. You guys probably know a little bit more about me on these um, these guys. But a guy that I saw that I don't know if I like or not, I like his size, is Walker Little, tackle out of Stanford. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on him. I like him. Is he's probably a second round guy too? I'm not sure what his exact projection is. I can see what CBS Sports says he's 83rd, uh, but six seven. I mean, holy hell, six seven three hundred or something. Um, I, I bet he goes in the second. Uh, he, he's. I do remember watching tape on him. He's like just like hyper athletic guy. Obviously, Pac-12. Everyone's like skinny over there and just runs. That's basically what it is for football, too, and that's what this guy is. He big, but super, super good hips. Like, he's going to mirror people. I would guess he sucks in run blocking, 
but is a decent pass protector. But again, if you put him right next to, it will probably won't be Jenkins, Elton Jenkins, I'm saying. But even like Billy Turner, who's for sure not a pass blocker, he's more of a run blocker, put him next to him. Wouldn't be bad, especially in the second round if we use our first round pick wisely. That'd be perfectly fine. Um, so now I don't know why I like to torture myself with things I like, but I have some wide receivers here that the Packers could draft who are borderline, not borderline. Like they are some of the best returners in the entire draft. Like they should pick these guys. And I'm not talking first round right now. Um, the highest one I, I, it's probably Kadarius Tony. He might actually might be a first round guy, probably closer to second round though. I'll look at a projection for him in a second. But out of Florida, this guy is more of a playmaker than a wide receiver to me. He's 5'11, so LaFleur probably won't want to use him as a wide receiver. He has like some weird thing about 6'3 and above. But he's getting a lot of comparisons to Antonio Gibson, who played running back this year for Anton- for uh, Washington. But he's. Slightly more as a wide receiver, unbelievable returner, stupid fast. And again, if we want to talk about gadget player, I think this guy could be insane, to be completely honest. And I'll just run through the other two. Luke, you probably know this guy pretty well from North Carolina. I have Daz Newsome. Again, just stupid good returner. We could probably get him like at our normal pick right now in the third round, just super late. He had a 30% missed tackle rate this year. So, you know, every 10 times he has the ball, he's making people miss three of those times, which was second to only Tony, who I just talked about in the entire country. Insanely good. He only plays slot, but I think he could be really good at slot. And Packers, again, the only good slot receiver we have right now is Devontae Adams, and that's just because he's good at everything. So if we could move Devontae out wide, have whatever slow wide receiver on the other side out wide and then have Newsom in the slot. We can do something at least. And then the other guy is also a dangerous slot guy. It's Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. He was the third highest graded uh, returner in the entire country. I believe that's from pro football focus in terms of grade, but third round guy as well. Super quick, amazing slot, tiny can be, you know, if he was white, everyone would be comparing him to Wes Welker right now or Julian Edelman. That's the only thing he's missing for the Patriots to take him. But since, you know, he's actually athletic, the Packers could use him and be amazing. I would absolutely lose my mind if somehow, some way, the Packers went linebacker, offensive line, returner. I think that would be an amazing start to the draft. What's your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I'll just throw my thoughts in here on Daz. Um, I watched him a couple times this year. Um, most of the time that I watch college football, I watch Daz. I, I believe that I watched him return two or three punts for touchdowns this year, and it's just shifty. It's elusive. It reminded me of him running a little like LaShawn McCoy in his prime. Um, what, what Daz does out of the slot, too, is he's, his quick feet has got incredible release. Um, so, you know, it's almost like a Devontae Adams where it's a two-step and he's open. And then he, I never saw him drop a ball, so I'm very high on Daz as well. I mean, hey, a little bit of bias because he's from North Carolina, right? Um, oh. 
That's like yeah. when I was saying that uh, Luke May should have won first round in the NBA draft, but that's a different. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Daz Newsome. I, I don't watch mon- much of the ACC uh, because when it comes to football, sorry, but they're they're a joke. Um, they're really just Clemson and whoever wants to show up and only lose to Clemson. Um, the guy that I. Two guys that I'm looking at, I, I don't think they're slot guys. I could be wrong, um, but I think will fall. Rondale Moore from Purdue and Rashad Bateman. Um, Rondale Moore, I think he's going to fall, A, because he's 5'9", and B, because he has injury history, uh, except for this past year. He's a shifty guy. He just seems like one of those short guys that can actually be really solid. Like maybe not a, you know, never a great guy, but kind of like a, a Randall Cobb, like as a second or a third option, like he'd be really solid. He really helps you stay true on Devontae. Another guy I think is uh, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Um, Minnesota has quietly produced a lot of very, very, very good players the last two years. Um, Tyler Johnson, great receiver. He made some great plays for Tampa Bay. Um, Kamal Martin, I believe. Kamal Martin or Chris Barnes. I always get him confused. I'm pretty sure Martin. Uh, he came from Minnesota. This guy's good too. Um, what he was able to do with a garbage quarterback is pretty damn impressive. And you know, I I just don't know how many more times schools like this can keep constantly churning out good recruits, good players, and teams just consistently look past them. It just doesn't make sense. I don't know if it's overthinking. Could this be the the Packers don't overthink? Possibly, but I think it's more likely they'll trade up when they don't need to for one of these guys. No, I'm not like, muted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I was talking, I don't know, it got a weird pop up, like, oh, all of a sudden you're muted now. Um, what was I going to say? I have an interesting, like, philosophy question for you guys, like, coaching philosophy in a way. What's your guys' opinion on putting like a number one guy, maybe a first round guy back at returner? Because I know like some some coaches just say, hey, if you're the playmaker, you go back there and make a play. Other coaches say, you know, obviously, if you're a returner, you're never more exposed than you are as a returner. Takes one hit to knock you out for the rest of the season. Uh, obviously, you want to save your win for offense as well. So. What's your guys, like, both of you guys, Luke, you can start, but what's your thoughts on doing that for someone like one of these receivers or even uh, the returners I brought up to? I've always been in the um, I, uh, in the camp that you get, you want the ball in the playmaker's hands. Um, there's no other, there's no bigger play that can be made than a returning a punt for a touchdown, right? So I, I know it comes with injury risk, whatever, yada, yada, but there's a re- they, they play football, you know, Injury risk is always out there. I know it's a different situation, but I think these the playmakers are good enough to not get injured. Obviously, there's going to be freak stuff. So I'm in the camp of, you know, you get your fast guys, you get your good guys with the ball in their hands. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily know. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I would throw someone like, um, I don't know, like Jair Alexander out there. I know a lot of people are yammering him for him to be a returner when he first came into the league. But just because he's such an integral part of the defense, I think, you know, if you get a playmaker, you know, I'm talking myself out of it, but if you get a, if you get a stud, I think that you, you need to get the ball in his hands any way possible. And I think punt and kick returns are 
pretty much the easiest way to get a ball into someone's hands. I absolutely agree. I mean, if the guy gets hurt, what happens? The offense was still one of the greatest of all time last season without him. So if he's out, you know, obviously they're going to take a step back right off of the line. They got a lot of other things there, but receiver was not the problem. Granted, they're going to need the receivers a little more, but, you know, you can live without a receiver when you have an Adams. What you can't live with is a shitty-ass return game that we saw last year that was maybe the most pathetic special teams I have ever seen in my entire life at literally any stage. And my high school ran the rugby point punt where they ran around like jackasses for five seconds before they kicked the ball. Um, it, it, it's pathetic. This is an NFL team that seemingly can't even get 20 yards on a single punt all season. You need playmakers. And if you're really in win now, you're going to take the risk. Because guess what? You need to win now. And if you don't have a special teams, it's going to be a lot harder. And the payoff, man, you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you get a guy like guys like this offense in better field position. I mean, it's game over. I think my uh, my high school special teams is the exact opposite of you. Like, because I had a Hall of Fame uh, Wisconsin coach who was a college kicker. I believe his son was a college kicker. His grandson is now the points leader at NDSU for kicking. Like, he's just a special teams guy. And we w- used to run like the surprise, like, Real and surprise reverses all the time on kick returns and stuff like that, and just like take shit to the house, surprise onside kickoffs uh, to start the game, shit like that. So, yeah, completely different. However, back to this actual topic, I think I've changed my thoughts on this over the years. The coaches, I think, and it's an old school mindset who don't want to have their number one guy out there uh, because they don't want to get hurt. I think it's old school. And it's the people who don't really value special teams. And it's becoming more and more evident because of Bill Belichick, mostly, that a good special teams can win you the game, can keep you in games. If you look at the Patriots this year, the only reason why they were competitive was their special teams because definitely wasn't their offense and their defense was average. For the Packers, Packers are a completely different type of you know, it's a different scenario because we are talking about the number one offense from last season. We are talking about there's no chance of bringing in a wide receiver better than Devonta Adams because he is the best. I personally feel like as long as they are not the guy on offense, I don't want any defensive starter returning kicks. I think that's stupid. But like Giants, when Odell Beckham would go back there, I think that's bad because he was so important. But if the Packers drafted even like who is it, Devontae Smith out of Alabama in the first round or something, and he would return kicks, I think that's fine. To your point, they're a playmaker. This is one of the best ways to make a play. In a punt return, a pump block, plays like those completely change the game. That's how you win a possession in one play. Yeah, I think, too, um, sometimes it even works out where, you know, you draft someone to kind of what we're talking about, uses a punt returner, uses a, like a playmaker, and they turn into a stud because of that. Um, a first mm-hmm. couple, first couple players that come to mind are Tyreek Hill at Kansas City, and Antonio Brown at Pittsburgh. You know, they they weren't necessarily yeah. huge prospects coming out, but getting their ball in their hands, showcasing what they can do, it turns them into better players. Yeah, so many. There's so many athletes every year, especially this year, where it's like, you know, they don't do the little things very well, but if they have the ball in their hands in the open field, 
their threat to take into the house. And all of a sudden, returning kicks is a very specific skill. I get that. It feels like you could train more of these guys to catch a fucking kickoff. It can't be. It's tough. I certainly can't do it. But it's something that repetition-wise, I mean, it seems like something most people can figure out. Well, it seems like something like one of those things where, um, you know, work, the quote is work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It seems like one of those things where talent can bypass a lot of the stuff you need to learn. Like if you're quick and shifty, really all you need to do is be able to catch the ball. You don't need great vision, right? You don't need to be able to break a ton of tackles because you're making a miss on your own. So I feel like it's something where you just need a guy who can make moves and not like complete dunce out there. And you should be at least decent. Um, but seeing last year, that doesn't always work out, I guess. Yeah, to your point, I mean, athleticism and instincts. You look at Deshaun uh, Jackson, one of the greatest returners of all time. You look at Devin Hester. I mean, they're just fearless people who are hyper-athletic, who have good instincts and have very little fundamentals. Like Deshaun Jackson can't run a route to save his fucking life. He got better at it, but even still, like if, if, as long as you don't have like just straight line speed, that's the reason why Jeff Janis couldn't do it because, I mean, he only knew one route, which was to run straight. He only has one speed, and that's straightaway speed. But can't Marquez Velda's Scantling return a kick? I know he has the worst hands of all time. <laughs> Can he figure that out? That would be a great role for him. You know, just run. No. Run, Marcus. No, a, a great role for him. If he, assuming he doesn't play like he did in the playoffs, a great role from him is the guy who said, "Good job, guys," and brings the orange peels and the fruit snacks and and the juice boxes. Unless he plays like he did in the playoffs, then he's like one of the best number twos in the league. So it depends on which one he get. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.